it just makes me want to set myself on fire. that we're already at a milestone. I think it's so awesome. What is also awesome is all the love and support I am continuing to get from you lovely listeners. And just a reminder that we've got the Instagram page up now, which is Set Yourself on Fire 2020. And as always, we've got the Facebook page of Set Yourself on Fire. If you guys have any mental health topics that you want me to cover, please slide into the DMs and let me know and I will do the research to cover those topics so that you can kind of hear a different perspective. Or if you have a story that you'd like to share along with me, please feel free to share. I'm not a therapist. I'm just a human. I don't offer any uh, professional advice, but I don't know, I'm full of it anyway, so if you're wondering, I can put it out into the world and see what we get back for answers. So, with this being episode 10, I thought it would be really cool to mark this milestone by kind of starting a whole new chapter in the podcast and start a segment about gender and identity. So, I plan on covering my coming out story for the next couple of episodes and I've also lined up our first few guests for them to come on and tell you their experience in coming out and how it's affected their mental health and I am hoping to be able to cover a broad spectrum of coming out stories so that we can include everybody and it's not just my own stories but so that there's inclusivity because it's very um, important that we want to share everything so that people can better understand so it becomes normal so that we hopefully have a generation where they don't need to have a coming out story because it's just so normal that it's there's no need no one's in a closet we are not Harry Potter let us out of the damn closet So, let's kind of start with the fact that the reason I named this title, um, this episode, the title of the 50-step process, is because honestly, there's so many steps in coming out that it is kind of ridiculous. And the thing is, is that once you come out, you never stop coming out. Every time you meet someone new, you have to come out. Every time you start a new job, you come out. Any time you introduce your partner, you come out. Any time you announce your pronouns, you come out. Coming out never ends, and it is always full of anxiety. It's hard. I know just being a lesbian, I face so many struggles where... 
things that are taken for granted, like simply planning a vacation, are 10 steps harder because I need to make sure the place I'm going is accepting of the LGBTQ two-spirited plus community. I need to make sure that it is safe for me to be there. I need to make sure that it was safe for my partner who was non-binary to be there. So there's a lot more research that needs to be taken because, I mean, in some countries it's still illegal to be gay. So some countries are completely off the map for where to travel and some countries it's dependent on the part you go to where you can travel safely and so it's always just that little added risk and I mean I can't even begin to imagine how much more complicated the struggle gets for different groups and so it's just Yeah, I think it's going to be really important to cover this topic and the mental health of it all because I just know from watching my partner and their journey how mentally hard and taxing and the anxieties that they had just being out in in public was, never mind um, facing anything else today. Just going to Walmart sometimes was an entire feat in their fear of, you know, Being able to use a public restroom, which is just beyond me. Like, it's ridiculous. It's honestly just so ridiculous. There's so much that needs to change. I know that we have come so far in Canada with rights and that all provinces have um, gay marriage and that that's great. But we have so many other steps now to be taking We have so many other fights. We have so much things to do for the queer community, for the indigenous community, for the two-spirited community. It just, it will never end. There will always be a battle to fight. And I hope that we continue fighting it so that one day there will be a generation that doesn't have to fight. That they can just read the history books and go, wow, I can't believe it. And so that's the goal. Really, we're not going to solve it um, through this podcast. We're not going to solve it tomorrow. But every step we take, every march we do, every conference we do, every riot we do is a step in the right direction. But also, please always remember to be safe. Please always remember to make sure someone knows where you are going if you're going out to protest or riot or on a date um, with someone that you don't know. Always remember to have that safety communication. Um, Remember to protect yourself and that if there's one person in the world you're going to save, it's okay to save yourself. Always remember that. Remember that you are loved and special and beautiful in However you choose to identify and no one can tell you you are wrong because it is your body, it is your choice and no one gets to take that away from you and I'm sorry if you ever feel like you have to justify your choice or answer to somebody because you sure as hell don't. The only person that you need to answer to is you because you are going to be with you for the rest of your life and Um, It's not up to anyone else to judge you. No one has the right to judge anybody. Um, 
you know, it's, it's ridiculous. And so I really hope that you, whoever you are, find love and support and that you have love and support. And I hope that you look at all the accesses for alliances or groups. Um, Meetup is a great app for looking for queer groups, um, checking out your local universities or colleges, seeing if they have alliances or anything like that is also a great option. Um, or seeing if there's any resource centers in your community as well. And so I hope that you get to be your true authentic self. And I know it's a very hard journey because it's a journey that I have done. And here is the start of my story, I guess. So for me, my first step in coming out, which I think happens for a lot of people, is coming out to myself. Coming out doesn't just happen overnight. You don't just wake up and go, oh, I'm, you know, whatever I am. I'm going to speak in in my person. Please don't be offended, anyone. Um, Anything I say, any um, gender I use is meant to be perceived towards me. It's not meant to be perceived towards you. I has stated that I identify as she, her female pronouns, and so I will be talking in the voice of my own, which is a queer, feminine, lesbian, and so I will be talking through this story in regards to my own. So again, um, however, if you do hear some terminology that you don't appreciate, please send me a message so that I can correct myself. I am part of the community, but I am still learning every day because our community is evolving and I never have the intent to offend. So, like I said, when I first started to realize that I might be gay, um, it didn't happen overnight. It took a very long process and it started very young for me. I mean, I remember being in grade four and one of my friends going, you're gay. And I was like, what? And they're like, you're totally into chicks. You're totally checking her out. And I was like, um, no, no, I am not. And so apparently, although I did not realize very, very long time that I was a lesbian, um, those around me did. And so I think I started fully questioning my sexuality around grade seven. And it was very complicated for me because I grew up in a very small town. I was in junior high, and to my knowledge at that time, there was no one in my school, my entire school, that was gay, that had come out or said it or anything like that. So I felt very alone. I felt very isolated in my thoughts and I didn't understand them because it wasn't something that was taught in education um and so it was very confusing I grew up in a Roman Catholic home and so I grew up going to church and being part of the church I was baptized as a child which I guess doesn't really count because I wasn't old enough to remember but in grade seven, while I was starting to struggle through my sexuality, I was also doing convocation, which is where you, as a a youth, 
decide to dedicate yourself to the church and to um, God. And I was doing this because, like I said, I grew up in a very Roman Catholic family. I have aunts and uncles who are Sunday school teachers. I have cousins who are Sunday school teachers. I actually have an aunt who is an active nun and lives in a convent. And so being processed in the church was just very natural step for me. But the more I started reading into things, the more I started really listening in church and getting in depth and deciding to do this commitment, um, the more I think I really started questioning everything and started asking questions about sexuality to my parents and you know how marriage was between a man and a woman and why was that and why couldn't two men date or two women date why was it gross when you saw it on the tv screen because it didn't seem gross to me it's it seemed natural like why did it matter that two men were holding hands or two women were holding hands like wasn't love love isn't that the point? Like, you love somebody, you want to show your love to them, to the world. Like, why should you have to hide who you are and who who um, your partner is? It didn't make sense to me. And I remember asking all these questions and just being shot down. I didn't actually get answers to anything I was asking. I just got told to stop asking questions. So, I started... <laughs> Honestly, as ridiculous as it is, is shortly after, I guess, dedicating myself to the church is when I started losing faith in the church at the same time. Because I felt like the more I was trying to figure out myself, the more I was being told by something I believed in that I was wrong, but then I was being told that God didn't make any mistakes. So it was this huge contradiction of How can I be told that there's no mistakes, but being told that homosexuality is a sin, but then God died for all our sins, so technically my gayness would be forgiven, so why are there protesters, and why is it so bigoted? It just didn't make sense. It felt like it was just this big run-around circle that I didn't get, and when I was asking questions about it, it was just even more of a big run-around circle, and so I really struggled between religion and my self-identity and what was right and what was wrong and I didn't under like it felt very weird to to feel like part of you was wrong and I mean there were so many worse things in the world happening that how could this be even a question I mean I was still me it didn't matter who I who I loved like And I remember just having friends who were part of the church just, you know, trying to have these conversations and then being completely grossed out by it. I remember, you know, trying to be like, well, what if someone was gay? And they were like, well, that's a sin. And I was like, I don't understand why, though. And no one really had good answers, to be completely honest, but it didn't stop me from struggling. It didn't stop me from having depression and feeling like I was forcing a part of myself down. And it wasn't until I went into high school and I believe it was grade nine, grade 10. 
that I started being able to make new, no, well, grade nine, I started making new friends, but I think grade nine or 10 is when I started meeting, um, people who were on the spectrum. And so I had met a few friends and they had been talking about how they were bisexual. So they were both interested in men and women. And in my head, I went, yeah, that's what I am. I'm bi because I, you know, in grade seven, I had a boyfriend and um, we were on and again off again for the year. And I mean, I honestly don't remember if I even kissed him in grade seven, to be honest. And then in grade eight, I again had a boyfriend and we dated on and off for a few months and again I don't even remember if I kissed him I just remember like you know holding hands or if that was just you know a junior high relationship and then in grade nine I don't significantly remember dating anyone I mean I remember being attracted to a few few males but I mean I think the thing is is that I can appreciate a human body. I can look at, still till today, I can look at a male and go, wow, I appreciate him. Like, he's cute. You know, but I don't want to date him. I don't want to have a relationship with him. But, I mean, I look at a female and I think, wow, they're breathtaking, they're beautiful, they're soft, they're gorgeous, they're, oh, they're lovely. I think females are beautiful creatures. But, of course, when you're trying to figure all this out and you don't know where to start and you're pitting everything still, you're not ready to have those conversations with yourself or at least you're not willing to admit to those conversations with yourself. So, grade 10, I meet some friends, they tell me they are bi and I go, aha, I think that's it, I think I'm bi. And so I've kind of settled on the fact that it's okay to be bi because bi is not gay in my head right bi is not you know I haven't understood what bi is I don't know what bi is they don't talk about bi in church they don't they talk about gay or lesbian they don't talk about what bi is so I feel like bi is a way to pass right like you can date a guy but be interested in women and it's okay because you're still with a male but you're allowed to appreciate females and so I was like okay cool and so one of my friends at the time we had been talking back on the day when MSN chat was a thing and I had been talking about how I really admired them for being bi and asking what that meant and how they figured it out and they said I have a book for you I'm gonna bring it and it's called Define Normal by Julianne Peters. And Julianne Peters is this amazing author for queer youths who just writes the most amazing books. And it's not, it's, um, it's fiction. And, but just the way she explained what the characters were feeling, one of the characters she's, um, defined as Prissy and she starts having these feelings for a girl and it talks about her discovery and those feelings and how she talks in her head 
and how her parents view it and it just sat with me so well because it felt so relatable to what I was going through in my life at that very given moment. And so I read that book and it really sat with me and I continued having those conversations and then I started kind of being more interested in the community after that. And so again because we're back in the days back in the the early 2000s all all poetry i think it was called yeah all poetry was a thing and so i remember going to all poetry and looking up you know lesbian gay lgbtq um poems and things and anything i could find and i started liking them on on the dashboard and everything that you could do and i was just started getting very interested in. The more I I read other people's stories, the more I started feeling safer inside that it's okay and that I am bi and that um, I can have feelings for the same sex and it's not a bad thing and that there are people out there who do it all the time and that I'm just one of those people and it's, it's okay. I felt reassured. It was reassuring to have friends who were on the spectrum it felt reassuring to read other stories it felt reassuring to know that there was publications even if they weren't um non-fiction that this was a subject that was actually talked about worldwide that there were there was literature on it because I didn't know that beforehand I thought it was something that you swept under the rug that no one talked about and so it just became very reassuring now Of course you're thinking, wow, things sound really good in this story so far. Ah, my friends, but here comes the hitch. I, being who I am, the forgetful, forgetful human who I am, left open my all poetry one day, and my estranged father went on the computer after me, and opened up the tab and sees that I have all these boards open about LGBTQ. And so I then get sat down at the table and have a very stern talk of why am I looking at this stuff? What's going on? Are you feeling this way? And I mean, let's be clear, it wasn't like a welcoming, let's discuss this tone. It was a very stern accusation, shit's about to go down tone. And so I, in my head, go, retreat, oh shit, retreat, and go, no, I just have friends who who are gay and, like, my cousin's gay, so why can't I just support them? Like, why can't I just be, like, an ally? And they're like, oh, well, okay, well, you know. And, and that was it. That was the end of the conversation. There was literally nothing else said, or if it was, I have blocked it out and will probably discover it one day in therapy. So, I remember going to my room and going, shit, I can never come out. Like, that was terrible. I can't do it. I can't come out. And at the same time, I'm going into grade 10, and that is where I meet C, who becomes my first girlfriend. And I say that in very high quotations because it's my first time dating a girl um 
I'm nervous even just to hold her hand. We talk a lot. We cuddle a lot. We spend all our lunch hours together. Um, but honestly, we're both each other's first girlfriends. So we don't even kiss. But we have just like this lovely um, emotional relationship of just having female contact. And just getting used to being with the same gender in public and like already hearing the comments which is ridiculous because we're in grade 10 we're each other's first girlfriends and we're already getting called dykes and faggots and fag hags and it's ridiculous it's scary i mean i remember walking around the streets and some streets just not you know we weren't able to hold each other's hand. We weren't able to come out. Um, and that was... That was difficult. It really sucked. And I remember her mom knowing that we were were dating. But her stepdad not knowing. And my parents didn't know. And so it was super hard to hide that. Because how can you have a fully developed right relationship when you can't have full honesty so it really sucked so needless to say obviously we we break up and um they start dating someone else and I start dating someone else and I go into this long-term relationship with a guy and he knows that I am bi he knows that I'm interested in girls and so um he's fine with that and I come to the age of where um, he was older and we start getting intimate and I realize that the more closer to intimacy we get the more I start going I don't want this the more we talk about a future I go I can't do this I realize that one day I wake up and I realize that I am I love my boyfriend. I do. But I'm not in love with him because I can never give him the life he wants because one day if we were to get married down the line and have kids, one day I would wake up and I would walk out on that family because I would be so unhappy. Because I realize at that moment that I am a lesbian and that I have been basically cheating on my boyfriend this whole time because I, as much as I love him, as much as I want and I'm attracted to him, I am not sexually interested in him. And I just remember feeling like rat shit because I, I obviously we had dated a long time I knew his family I was friends with his sister and going to him and saying I love you I'm not in love with you and I'm gay were extremely hard and he was like I know you're gay you're bi and I was like no 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 I'm like full gay like I'm a lesbian like I I'm full scale. And he was just 
oh, he was so hurt and I felt terrible for being that hurt, but I would have felt worse carrying that hurt on with him. And I just remember crying so hard when we broke up and, um, I had, and it was the start of my coming out. I remember, I don't actually remember coming out to, um, the people I call my parents today. I, I asked them if I ever came out and they kind of said, I don't remember because it seemed like so long ago. And it was my brother who said, you never actually came out as a lesbian. I remember once you came out as bi. And I was like, did I? And my sister was like, well, yeah, you told us. It was just a conversation we had one day. It was like, no big deal. It was like, oh, by the way, I'm bi. Um, and then I guess I had gone over to my uncle's house. So the whole family was together. And my brother says he was sitting at the kitchen table. And I just came over and I said, I really need to tell you guys something. I'm bi. And apparently I looked terrified like I was waiting for a shoe to drop. And they all just looked at me and they were like, uh-huh, okay, we love you anyway, like, we love you, is there a point to this story? And I was just so shocked that they were so accepting, um, so that was really cool, but I knew, um, that my estranged family was not going to have that reaction, and so, um, it was it was still a struggle because I had come out to myself, I had come out to to friends, I had come out to my secondary family, but I hadn't come out to my estranged family because I had the fear that I was going to get kicked out and I didn't know how they were going to react. And so that is what we are going to cover next episode is my coming out as a lesbian and not just admitting to myself and figuring out if I was bi. We're now figured out that I'm a lesbian and now it's going to be the next part of coming out. So I will talk to you guys all next week about the next process step, you know, 800 in the coming out sequence. Bye for now.